Welcome. I'm Ross Young, and I'm here with Gmar Cardi, and we are both excited to share with you CISO Tradecraft. CISO Tradecraft is a podcast which discusses how to navigate people, processes, technologies, and environmental issues within the information security industry. The show focuses on mentoring the next generation of cyber leaders take information security skills to an executive level. With that, we are excited to take you to today's show. Well, hello again. This is G. Mark Hardy, and I'm here with Ross Young for another episode of CISO Tradecraft. This is a special episode. For the very first time, we have brought on an additional speaker. And we want to address the topic of how do you go from perhaps winning your first CISO roles to gaining traction as a successful CISO during those first 90 days. Remember, those are going to be the most important period as you set first impressions and set the tone. So I'd like to turn it over to Ross, who is, has a privilege to introduce today's guest speaker. All right. Today we have Mr. Mark Egan, who is a fantastic CIO, a wonderful person. You're going to hear about some really cool things that he's doing now. But he's had the privilege of being a CIO for not one Fortune 500 company, but two. And so that's a fantastic resource where we're going to learn from of some really cool things about how do we get our CISO jobs and how do we do really cool things with those in the first 90 days. But first, Mark, tell us a little bit about your background and, and how you've had such a fun career. Well, thanks, Ross. I've been very blessed in my career. I, I worked for two software companies. I got very lucky. I was at Symantec, you know, pre-Veritas, or I'm sorry, before they, um, yeah, in, in, in the John John Thompson era, you know, 99 to 2006, we acquired 28 companies and, um, you know, I was, I was very lucky there. I thought I retired. I went to, um, you know, I, 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 08, 09 came around. And, um, and, and, you know, I lost, uh, <laughs> I lost all my money and then, um, and then I, and then I got a second chance at VMware. So that's, that's a little background on me. I spend most of my time today. I, I mean, we, I work at a small consulting firm called Stratafusion and we do like interim tech leader roles. And then I also, uh, set up this program at Merritt college in Oakland. That's excellent. Um, Mark, let me let me ask a question, and I think many of the people who are listening would be curious to hear your thoughts and answers. Let's say you're at a Fortune 1000 company, and you're looking for a CISO. Again, you've been a successful yeah. CIO, and as we know, oftentimes CISOs will report there. You use an executive hiring company and find a pool of applicants and have narrowed it down to the last oh, nine or ten. What would be some of the differentiating factors you might like to see in an applicant for a CISO job during that interview? Well, I look for somebody that's really hungry, you know. I mean, the the the, the search firm is going to get you all the folks that are that are very um, qualified, but I think it's really somebody who's hungry, who really wants to make a difference. They have passion, you know, around security. Because I, I I look at security as not like brakes on a car, brakes on a car to go faster. So I think what you want to do is, is, is and, I, and I'm going to challenge the security industry, take security as a um, business enabler. You know, look at your business, see if you can actually have security help you in your business, you know. So if I, I, <laughs> I mean, I'll give you a couple examples here. So look at Amazon. Think about how everybody was really worried about going to the cloud 
and then Amazon just killed it. So I would say Amazon has a better security program than most people can put in place. So that's that's one example. Online banking. Think about online banking. Would you ever bank with a, a or, or a, a organization that doesn't have a really good security program? So those are some things that I would look for. So anyway, it's, I think it's passion. It's a willingness to learn. Um, you know, and, and just never give up. You know, because you are going to get hacked, <laughs> and it's and it's really you know what do you do when that happens? So I don't know. Those are my thoughts. I think that's really good. You know, I, I love this hunger and passion. You know, there's a lot of things you can teach people, but that's something they yeah. have to bring themselves. So that's a, a really yeah. good point. You, you know, if I were to share a couple of comments, whenever I was interviewed for roles, there's a couple of questions I always like to bring up, and I think it's good to show your executive passion, if you will. So I always like to start out with a softball question, such as, you know, what's your favorite thing about working for this company? And that really opens up the executives yeah. who I'm communicating with. But then there's there's a little harder question I say, well, what's the hardest part of the role? And then as if you just yeah. listen, the CIO will tell you what are the yeah. keys he wants you to tackle that are the pain points, the hardest part. Yeah. And then the last thing I, I always like to do is I say, you know, if I were to close my eyes and imagine myself one year from now with you in this role, what would you have said is is the biggest point of what made this role, this position so successful and, and got you everything you dreamed of? What are you looking for me to deliver in this one year time frame? And, and, and I think that little step gives you the roadmap, shows you the pain points, and shows your passion. And you can use those answers to really answer there. G-Mark, what do you think? Well, Ross, it's interesting. I kind of like the approach that you've done there of, of probing it out. And Mark, is there anything that's really stuck out as something memorable for you, for example, when you were doing hiring interviews and you, you knew that you needed to hire somebody? Well, I... <laughs> The the thing, usually, I don't know, when we, we get called in, it's usually they've either had a breach or they, you know, the, the person in the role is just not the right person. So in, in um, <laughs> so what we usually do is we start with an assessment. You know, we, 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 we look at where you are and we wrote a little book at Symantec on, on um, security. So I don't know if you've ever tried to explain this to a, like a finance person. But it's kind of mind numbing. <laughs> so what? What Tim Mather? Tim Mather's my mentor in security. So anyway, what Tim and I did is we came up with a, a a little methodology where you can go into any company of any size of any industry and you get a score from zero to hundred, and everybody understands that. So depending on medium, low, low, medium, or high dependency on security, you get a score. And then what we try to do is then we try to be very prescriptive at this point. And uh, so, but that's, that's, that's kind of what I, cause you know, it, <laughs> I, I think, and if I step back from security, I think it really is winning the hearts and minds of, of folks because you're going to ask them to do stuff. And my background is it's software companies and what are engineers are paid to get stuff out the door. They're not necessarily paid to get, you know, secure software out the door. So what we have to do there as an industry is really change the reward system in, in, um, for, for folks so that they will um, align around, you know, having security in addition to, you know, getting, you know, the next release out. Yeah. And uh, interesting is the 
think about what happens then when you do bring this person on board. Let's say someone's just got hired as a, a new CISO at a Fortune 1000 company. What advice would you have for that individual? So things to start thinking about on day one. It's Monday morning, you show up, yeah. you kind of get there a little bit early, maybe thinking that, yeah. okay, I got to get a jump on this, but a little bit yeah. more specific than that. I, I, I would say to do a 90 day plan. You know, you're going to have some tactical issues. You know, <laughs> a lot of the things in the recruiting brochure, they are not going to tell you. So you're going to have tactical issues you have to address. I really always look hard at the management, you know, my leadership team. And then I, and then I try to put together a strategic plan. But those are kind of the three things that I do. So as far as tactical, uh, <laughs> I mean, all you have to do is look at the news, you know, and, and um, that's, that's sort of what I, I encourage you to do. The, the, I really spend a lot of time on the people side of things, though, because you're going to need a really good team to get something done. I think this, on, the, on the strategic plan, I like to do six quarters, you know, and then it's a people process technology thing. People is the human side is the hardest followed by the process. I think the technology is actually very straightforward. I, again, I, <laughs> I, I think of, if I think of the human thing, if I think of just back in the companies that I've been involved in, and, and we do this now, we go in and, and um, you know, and, and we work, and I teach this in my class at, at Merit, you know, the 90-day plan, but the human side is the hard thing. So I think it's communication and change management are kind of the two hardest things to do when you're, um, when you're trying to be a security leader. So I don't know, that's just me. I like it. I like it. You know, I think anyone going into an organization needs to do those beginning steps of how do you build and establish lines of trust with other executives and peers across the organization? Because you really have to create those positive yeah. impressions because that's how the people are going yeah. to remember you for for a good yeah. portion of your career of, hey, he seems yeah. like a real good go-getter. Man, that guy's a stick in the mud. I don't really know if I want to talk yeah. and waste my time with him. So yeah. when we go down those those approaches there of the 90-day tactical plan, uh, reviewing your organizational structure and making sure you have the right leaders under you in a strategic plan, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Especially, let's just start off with the first one. What is it you like to see in a 90-day tactical plan? Well, where, where are the fires? <laughs> or maybe they don't even know that there's fires. So, so you want to get out there and j just ask some questions, you know, and uh, because oftentimes they won't really realize that they have issues, you know, in there. So are you guys doing business in China? You're probably getting ripped off. <laughs> so I don't know that that's sort of my, my, my take. Um, I, I'd like to get the power brokers. So in a company, there's like this product group, and sales are usually the power brokers, but get them involved. Um, I mean, I, I had an example where we went in and did a uh, organization, and and I actually they had somebody they had a they were they had a product that you know that they installed on your phone, and the, and the salespeople weren't able to use their their um, phones. But but it was I mean a well intended security person did this, <laughs> but again it, it's it's just I, I don't know. But, but, you know, cause, cause there's no right or wrong answers in a lot of this stuff. So I think it's really important to get the, um, you know, like I say, the decision makers, usually the G and a functions like the finance, HR legal, they usually do what you tell them to do, you know, I mean, within reason, but, but I like to get the, uh, initial discussions, figure out who are the power brokers, even within those organizations. 
So way back at um, when we took over Veritas, you know, we had to go find the um, the key engineers. You know, and these aren't necessarily the leaders, but they're the folks in the um, you know in the organization that everybody listens to. So that's that's something that we had to go find. And um, so any, anyway, that's that's sort of my my um, suggestion. But I think it's human, Ross. I think it's a human thing, you know. And I think until you convince them, so my my pitch was always: you guys spend so much time developing these incredible products, you know. Let's make sure that nobody steals your IP. Hmm. Yeah, this is this is brilliant. Now, what are we sending a message to management here that? Yeah. We know the, the key issues, that we've got a game plan to tackle them. Plus, as you indicated, you want to meet the key people in the organization, in particular, as you said, the power brokers. One thing that I found in reading some of the uh, material that you had written previously is we are talking about finding the fires. You tend to not get a job unless they really needed you, and usually yeah. they needed you before yeah. you came on board, at which point when yeah. you walk in, it means that there's there's yeah. something yeah. going it, on it, there. Assume that assume that there's a lot more wrong in your organization when you walk in. <laughs> so at VMware, there were six CIOs in five years, and I was and I and and <laughs> and this is a funny story. The recruiter called me and he said, "This is um, Anu Dada from uh, VMware." And we're looking for a new CIO. And I said, why on earth would anybody want to work at VMware? <laughs> you can't keep your CIOs. <laughs> so anyway, I, I don't know. But, um, but, but again, it was, it was just a great company that, you know, we were able to turn around the organization. So, so the fires that I inherited, the systems went down, either the network or the phones were down every other day. And, um, and then quarter end, they had like they pulled out rosary beads just to make sure Oracle wouldn't crash. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was sort of what I walked into. But having said that, you know it, it's it's a pretty low floor. So if you do anything, you know people are really impressed. So I, I don't know. That's just sort of um, my two cents. That's awesome. That's that's such a unique opportunity. And, you know, I, I think it's important here when we look at it, you go to the to the organization, you start asking questions to find out what the fires are and find out what's working well. You know, sometimes in my career, I, I've thought about two questions like, what did my predecessor do really good that you want me to continue? And is there anything that you'd like me to do different from my predecessor? You know, maybe a little bit better. And those create the opportunities to really discuss what those pain points yeah. in the organization are and, and how we can communicate those and build that rapport so then we yeah. partner together. Have you had any good tips or tricks that you've used to build some of those com communication lines? Yeah, I, I usually say what's working, what's not working, and how, how can I help? Because <laughs> usually I, I, I find people to be pretty, I don't know, we're in Silicon Valley. People are pretty open and blunt. <laughs> so I, I don't know. That's just been my experience. We got it. So the question is that as somebody is new, they come on board, they yeah. bring in their own unique perspective. And that unique yeah. perspective is only going to last just so long before, if yeah, you will, it, you begin. It, it's, it's a little to bit stop. of a honeymoon. Yeah, you have a. You're right, uh, G. Mark. You have a. You have a very short honeymoon. <laughs> so what Paul Moritz would say, we're draining the swamp. <laughs> 
he, he used that term. So, so my, my uh, plan, I had like a little picture of a swamp. <laughs> then I had beachfront property <laughs> in, in the plan that I developed at, at VMware. So. And, and it works kind of two ways too. Wouldn't it be true is that in addition to being able to go ahead and make some changes and have a different perspective, yeah. after a while, the things that yeah. you notice in the first couple of days you begin to yeah. accept them as routine. And yeah. what's the way that we can guard as a new yeah. executive coming in that we don't inherit everybody else's blind spot after a short yeah. certain period of time yeah. and now we're part of it? Yeah, yeah. No, you need to be really careful there. So, I, I mean, <laughs> if I go back to VMware, um, I, I, I asked Paul Moritz in, in my interview, what would make you delighted with the IT group? He said, well, if my phones and network weren't down every day, every other day, that would make me delighted. So I, I don't know. Uh, but I, I, again, I, I, and, and <laughs> they've got a really good CIO now there at Basque, but that, that's sort of what I, um, what I inherited at, um, at, uh, VMware. So I, I don't know. It was a bit of a turnaround. So. But but we we do this like I say um, my my firm does this all the time you know we we that's our specialty is like interim technology management um, and and <laughs> I, I I actually stepped in most recently at a, at like a, a client and then I remembered how much I hate being a CIO <laughs> but they 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 had and again it went back to like the staff where you know I had the I don't know the the Island of Misfit Toys was my management team. <laughs> so I, I don't know. <laughs> and, um, and, 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 and they, they, they also had, um, you know, a bunch of technical issues. They were a technology company and then they couldn't even get a, uh, I'm, I'm starting to get into some confidential stuff here, but they couldn't even keep their, their, um, their stuff, uh, you know, their, their systems up when they were trying to use them internally. So I, I don't know. So, Mark, you, you've written a couple books there, and you talk about some of the things that have worked well for you. And mm -hmm. one of the things that caught my eye was how you use project report templates to really standardize yeah. communications. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, yeah. No, what I, what I, what your, your IT group is judged on getting stuff done. So what we, we put in place is we actually had, we call it the PMO, and, and what I, I had a really good, one of my best staff, Job Simon managed that area for me. And what I said to him, as I said, I won't, I can't blame anybody for what's happened in the past, but put an architecture review process in for anything that's going forward. So what we did is we ended up, so projects would go through this project review board. And what we ended up doing is that we made sure that there was a, it would, it would fit our future architecture. And then what we did is we actually had very good metrics as far as success. So I think in, I, in IT projects, what you have to do, they should be helping the company generate revenue, improve customer sat. And those are the two. And in a growth company like VMware, that's, that's, those are the two that we spent most of our time on generating revenue or improving customer sat. You can also, I mean, in, in some maybe mature organizations do reduce cost, but that really wasn't what we, what we did at VMware. And when you mentioned about reducing cost, what kind of brings up, of course, tangentially, the idea of budget. And when you walk in, presumably, as a new CISO, you've inherited a budget that was established by 
if you will, your yeah. predecessor who may or may not have left on good terms yeah. and probably somebody with a completely different vision. When is it appropriate to bring up the question of, if you will, renegotiating the funds you need rather than just simply try to hump along until the next fiscal year? You, you need to put that in your 90 day plan, uh, G Mark, you know? Yeah. So, so, <laughs> and, and I guess what I would do is I would give them options. I say for what I have now, here's what we can do. You know, if you give me some more, uh, this is what we can do. But I, I always like to have a low, medium, high as far as options. You know, door number one, door number two, door number three. What I what I do find though is that there's probably in many cases misspending. You know, I I don't know. Is an industry? I think we have way way too many vendors. So uh, <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm pissing off any of your sponsors. <laughs> but I just not, think that. That we, we have way, way too many. I think there's just too much technology there. And I think it's back to the human side. I think that as CISOs, you just have to step back, you know, and it's, it's communications and change management. I think what you have to do is convince people to include security in their day-to-day -day activities. So um, I, I don't know. You'd be surprised what you get for a T-shirt. <laughs> those are those are pretty cheap. So we actually had a security awareness program at VMware, and you mm -hmm. would get a T-shirt if you gave, if you gave us some suggestions. So <laughs> so anyway, I don't know. That's that's I I. I but I I think the budget. I think you get what you um the the you need to make sure that the company understands that this is an investment. So if I get back to you know the the Amazon ex example. You know, Amazon, um, now people are going to the cloud because they're comfortable with security, but that was always viewed as a barrier. So, so what I would encourage you to do, team up with your power brokers in the organization, product teams, sales teams, and just try to enable those guys. And, and you know, they get all the money. <laughs> so, so I think that's, that's sort of an approach that you can take. So. And, and it's interesting because a lot of times when we're looking for budget and money and competing for funds, we have to demonstrate an ROI, return on investment. But really yeah. security has what I used to call a return on seatbelt investment, a return on security yeah. investment, where yeah. it's not really the same. You don't yeah. want to spend money, so to speak, yeah. and say, well, hey, I gave you a million dollars last year and nothing happened. Why should I give yeah. you more money? How do, exactly. how do we address that? Exactly. Um, well, I think what it just kind of gets back to, um, you know, get get the, the power brokers in the room and, and then get them to actually say, hey, you know, I really do need to have some more security staff in the engineering organization. I really do need to have my sales staff train better on this because they keep uh, clicking on stuff. So I, I don't know. But but I, I, I think budget is always a really tough thing. Um, maybe you come up with, I don't know if you're in a software organization, Hey, we're going to come out with a new, um, feature, you know, that includes security in the product, you know? So, and, and so I, I don't know, I, I, am kind of back to, and I, I know I sound like a broken record revenue customer sat, you know, how can you influence those two areas in a company? Cause that's really all that, a, a that, a, a, um, a CEO think like a CEO is my guess, my, um, my suggestion. They're thinking about where are we on, on the, on products? When are we going to get the products? How are we doing on our sales? So anything that you can do to team up with those two organizations and have them kind of go in with you in the, um, you know, in, in, in the budgeting process is I think is where you want to be. Yeah. I, I love this. Uh, you know, as I think about cyber, I've always really connected with the message that cyber is in the business of revenue protection. 
So how do you work with the teams to identify what are the key applications that make money for the organization? Yeah. And if those are key, then what do we need to focus on? You know, good confidentiality yeah. and security around them and also high availability, yeah. right? Nobody wants yeah. operational disruption on the core treasury or banking applications at the end of the month. That is a, yeah. a surefire way to find yeah. a, a pink slip, you know? Yeah. So yeah. so do what you can to help look at those things. You know, there's opportunities where you can say, you know what? We are going to make sure you have fantastic coverage on this. And we're going to do some disaster recovery and business continuity testing to say, if this thing goes down, I can bring it up in X amount of time. And that that helps you. And oh, by the way, here's some some fallback processes you can do in the interim so you can still make money. And if you build that, you know, that high resiliency yeah. for the organization, I think that's going to resonate a little bit. What do you think, yeah. Mark? Would that yeah, connect yeah, no, with some no, of your I, peers? I, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. Get involved in the mainstream business, you know, of the of the company. Um and, and, you know, <laughs> expect a little resistance. I don't know. I, I, I work in Silicon Valley. Engineers are a little bit, um, you know, they're a little prickly. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, just, just go and, and just, you know, just try to befriend them. You know, just say, hey, how can I help you guys out? You know, let's make security, a you know, really embed security. You know, like if you look at the SDLC, how do we get it in the beginning of the, of the, of the product lifecycle as opposed to the end? you know, when you're, when you're ready to ship. So I, I don't know, th those are the things. And, and same thing with the sales folks, you know, just if, and if you have a, uh, if, I don't know if you're in any of the industries that, you know, touch money or something like that, but just, just basically, I mean, say, Hey guys, here's some, here's what we're doing as opposed to our competitors in this area. And then just enable them with some tools that they can, cause they're going to be asked the question, you know, so tell me about this breach that just happened in your industry. You know, what, what are you guys doing? And, and just, just like I say, I, 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 <laughs> I know I sound like a broken record, but it's just like product and selling stuff and, and, and building stuff. So I don't know. Th those are the things I, I'm, I'm, I don't know if this is helpful, but. <laughs> it, it is. And I, I think that one of the challenges, of course, when you come into a new job is figuring out, as you said, lay of the land, determine. Yeah. where your power brokers are. How do we think like a CEO to understand where the business yeah. is going and add value to it? How do we then say, how can I help? How can security do that? And that's, if you will, outward looking from the IT, to, or actually from the CISO position, because actually, as you said, trying to help with the SDLC and getting security in there and farther to the left is really working with the IT folks. But let me ask a quick question, if I may, about looking inward. As we come on board, we've inherited a staff. Some of these people may yeah. be rock stars. Some of them may be rocks. And yeah. at some point in time, we're going to need to yeah. make some moves or decisions. But how, lo how long before yeah. you potentially uh, do that? Immediately. <laughs> yeah, I think what you have to do is, is just just get, get a meeting together with your direct reports and just basically just be real, real upfront with them and just say, hey, you know, we're going to be looking at the organization. And, and but uh, you, you just have to like address that right out of the gate because they're going to be they're going to be worried, you know, about this. So I, I would do that. But then on the heels of that, once you just say, we're going to do this over the first 90 days, we're going to come up with a new leadership team. Then we're going to focus on training 
you know, we're going to do training and staff development. You know, I'm going to work with you on your career. So I think, and I, cause I, I don't know if that's in other industries, but I know here in Silicon Valley, they don't do a lot of training. Um, so, <clears throat> but that's, that's kind of my approach, but I, I would say, you know, is, is that, you know, we did like a CIO boot camp at Symantec where we ended up, you know, on a quarter. And the other thing that I like to do is on a quarterly basis is, is to have, um, you know, like a three day meeting and then you step back and you just, you know, with your leadership team. So I, what I would do is the first thing I would do is just take a three days with your team and go off site, you know, and then, and then just look at this and, and, you know, and they'll, they'll probably know, <laughs> you know, what, what all the things that are wrong, but, but just, just say, Hey, we're going to go through this in 90 days. Here's what's going to happen out of the back end of it, but just be very transparent because, um, like, as, as you said, G Mark, you know, <laughs> um, we, we, we replaced 70% of the management team first two levels at management at VMware when I was there. So it was again, but once I had the good team in place, I mean, we were rocking, we were actually getting stuff done. So, um, I, I don't know that, that I'm just, I'm a really big thing on management. I think getting the right team in place, you can do anything. And it's an excellent point. I mean, it's like get the right people on the bus and the wrong yeah. people off the bus. Yeah. We go, go back and good to great. One of the things that is a recurring theme that I hear from you that I think is really important for our listeners to note is the concept of having a strategy, not just being all tactical, not coming yeah. in and immediately putting out fires. But I understand yeah. that you've got sort of a five-step process that may be helpful for people in terms yeah. of how do we think about things? Could, could you elaborate on that a bit? Yeah. Well, I think what you need to do is look at where you are today and then I think you come up with the requirements, your business requirements, and that a lot of that is just talking with your um, uh, your your uh, colleagues, you know, like and again with the emphasis on the power brokers, and then come up with a two B architecture, you know, and that's really the um, and again it's people, process, technology, and then and then the, then there's the gap, and then what you do is then you have the options on the gap. How do you uh, bridge those? And, and you can go slow, medium, or fast, <laughs> depending on the appetite of the organization. So that that's kind of, it, it's not rocket science, but I, I think that's that's kind of what I like to do. But I like to really make sure that, that everybody understands inside the IT organization and outside the IT organization is that we're going to do this in 90 days, you know, and then and then we'll be done, you know, so. Yeah, I, I like that. You know, I think that's very repeatable and you can use that in so many industries to say, here's where we are, here's where we want to be, right? How, what's kind of some ways to get there in that that delta? That That's really something that can work in any job. And then identifying where things go wrong. But but I, I also love how you called out the, the fast, medium, slow kind of approaches. Uh, that's That's important because sometimes you may see Hey, this is broken, but you cannot fix it overnight, right? It may take yeah. a good couple years to get there. It's not a core competency, yeah. but it's something you want to do, yeah. you know, transformation on. What's what's been a, a, a key piece for making sure people see the the low hanging fruit versus the long term piece? Well, I think what you have to do is I, I just think technic technical leaders need to be great communicators. So I think I, I always hired a, a communications person for me. So I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I joke about my staff would, would create ransom notes. <laughs> 
you know, when they were trying, but, but, it, but again, it would, I, I just, like I say, I, I always had, I was, again, I had a luxury of having a communications manager with me. And then, and then what we did is, and again, because I think there's a lot of PR marketing that you need to do along this, but, but again, just, just be very upfront and transparent. This is what you need to do. And this is how, how we're going to get there. So I, I don't know. Great. Great. That's that's really important there. I, I love, you know, hearing about this and, and being able to get the right team, get the right um, strategy, and making sure that we can put everything together. Is there any other highlights you'd like to, to bring to the audience of attention of something they should focus on in the first 90 days? Well, I think be prepared for surprises. You know, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that won't be in the recruiting brochure. <laughs> So, and again, don't, don't be, don't be surprised. You know, I mean, I, 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 again, just be bold, but, but I guess the thing of it is, is don't bury that stuff, right? Just be very upfront with your boss and just say, Hey, here's, here's some things that we, we, you know, we, we found out, you know, especially in security. So, you know, there's always a lot of skeletons in the closet. So I, I don't know. That that's the thing. I guess I, again, I, I get back to communications and change management. I think those are kind of the really two key things for um, for tech leaders. That's it's outstanding, Ross. You and I have been looking at a couple of things that have been going on, and and Mark has been doing something that I just think is spectacular. Um, Ross, you're actually the, the one who called attention to it, the work that he's doing over at Merritt College. Yeah. So I was, you know, coming across different folks in the industry who are making an impact. And, you know, not everybody has the same level of, of fortune or, or opportunities, right? There are certain people who are privileged. And what I, what I saw Mark doing at Merritt College was truly wonderful, how he was taking folks who really needed someone to look out for them and give them an opportunity to succeed in cyber. Mark, can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing, how you got started with it, and, sure. and, yeah. and just the program? Because this is yeah. one of the coolest things I've heard. Yeah, there's a, there's a Bay Area group called SICE, Computer, uh, uh, Community of Information Security Executives. And we have a nonprofit that we set up, you know, based on, you know, the books that we were writing. And then we, we, end, we um, and, and the goal was to help less advantaged kids pursue technical degrees. So it was seven years ago, we approached Merritt College with a donation. And they said, thanks for the donation, but would you help us with the curriculum? We came up with this crazy idea. Why don't we do an associative science degree in information security? And if I had any idea what I was getting into, we would never would have done it in a million years. But it's, but it's incredibly rewarding. So I, I don't know. The, in, in the background is that we came up with two job descriptions. We for, first off, we formed an advisory board of CIOs and CISOs. Then we came up with two job descriptions, application security specialist, infrastructure security specialist. And then we went back to the advisory board. If the students had these skills, would you, would you hire them? And they said, yes, yes, yes. So then we just backed into the program with that. And, and today um, what, we, what we have, and, and, and the format is that we teach on Fridays so that security, actually security professionals teach the classes. And then what you could do is so you, you, you start off with uh, two general classes, like an in, entry-level application security, entry-level infrastructure security. Then you go into hacker techniques and forensics. 
then you pick your major. Do you want to be an application security major or do you want to be an infrastructure security major? And then the final class is the one that I teach because I'm not that smart. <laughs> but I, I walk them actually through, you know, the whole process using my book. To, so we, you pick a company that's had a recent breach and then you, and then you go through the whole process of developing that security strategy for them. And then at the, in the last class, and so I have CISOs come in and, and present during the class, the last class they present to a panel on, on their strategy. So that's a little bit of the background of the program. And, uh, I don't know, I spend most of my time on that. So I, it's, it's just something that's been very cool for me. Very rewarding. Yeah. I, uh, I had a chance to, to spend several years working at National Cyber Watch, volunteered on their advisory board. I know that Merritt College is part of that, where we've aligned the curriculum between two-year and four-year universities so that students could take a two-year program. And if they took these courses, they were already going to convert 100% into credits for a four-year degree. And and what you've done there with, with Merritt is just exactly what I think we need to expand the opportunities for young men and women who otherwise might not have those opportunities, which of course brings up an interesting question. If I am interested as an employer of bringing on board somebody from there, how would I, how would I do so? How do I make contact with them? Well, you, you would contact me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm the, I'm, I'm the career services uh, organization. <laughs> so, so a little background, um, G Mark, uh, the, the first, um, cohort, I spent a three day weekend working on their resumes and, um, but there, actually let me, let me back up. So there were some surprises in the program for, for us. So we thought, you know, you come through this, you know, you get a, you get your degree, you know, we're going to have all these opportunities for students, you know, they're going to just be, you know, picking and choosing between job offers. So we were really surprised. There's a big stigma in the industry, two versus four year. I don't know if that's across the country, but it's, it's certainly in Silicon Valley. So what we ended up doing is we ended up, I, and I have my, call it my all volunteer army, but I probably have a hundred people who over the last seven years have helped the students. It's so exciting when they get a job because these are like, these are, our, our demographic is 80% non-white. And then they're, they're career changers. So it's, it's very, very cool. Yeah. It sounds almost like a life changer. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That is so important. You know, I, I love how you're, you're going and helping people. And, and this is a really part of a really interesting part in the industry, because right now there's such a shortage of cybersecurity talent. And if you were to say, okay, you got to come through with a PhD or a master's degree, that's a long time to invest yeah. before you can actually solve that problem. But if you're yeah. able to give people competency and get them into the right skills in two years, turn them out and make them productive citizens in the cyber war, I think that's a fantastic place to be. That It really yeah. brings in opportunities where companies can find really good talent, as well as life-changing events for people who may not have had the economic opportunities to do four years of schooling. Yeah, it's been incredibly rewarding. I get so excited when they get jobs. It's it's just very cool. You know, so, Mark, what we're going to do is we're going to make sure we put your contact information in the notes. So if any of the yeah. listeners want to reach out to you, they'll have a, a link to your Merit College. Yeah. 
is there anything else you'd like to to talk about going forward of of maybe how people could volunteer and help Merritt yeah, College? No. no, we're always looking for instructors. You can start off as a, a one year one hour guest lecture. We're always looking for mentors. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I would like you to hire our students, but but that uh, there's there's just other ways to get involved. So. So, yeah, but that's, that's, and again, I think if you get involved with us, I think you'll really uh, enjoy it. You know, it, it's incredibly rewarding to, um, you know, to, to, to spend time with these kids, you know, cause they're, they, I mean, I've got uh, butchers and bartenders and waitresses and so forth that have, um, you know, and if you put in the hard work, you know, they, they've, we've changed lives. So it's, it's very cool. Well, Mark, this is spectacular. I mean, from the whole gamut of, of the work that you've done as a CIO successfully, I might add, at two major corporations, being able to write advice, recommendations for people for how to structure their activities, going with a strategic approach toward being a new CIO, or in, in this case, what we're thinking about is new CISO, and recommendations for things such as identifying with a 90-day plan, the right people, the power uh, brokers that are within them, take advantage of the opportunity one has in those first few weeks to take that new perspective, build a business alliance, uh, support, if you will, with security to show, let us make security support the business unit rather than, if you will, uh, block it or slow it down. Um, looking for, as you had said at the very beginning, the people that you'd love to hire there are those with a hunger and a passion, those who, who really do want to make a change. And although the technology today is pretty straightforward, and yeah, I agree, there are a lot of vendors. And sometimes for me as a CISO, it's like, is there anyone I can live without? But as you said, it's the humans in the process. That's the harder part. And that really requires those soft skills, those leadership skills to be able to engage effectively with these people. Your own team being able to identify what it is that they want to do, where they want to go, and making their career work well, as well as, of course, for other members of that organization. And then lastly, the work you're doing at Merritt College uh, to be able to provide opportunity for people who typically had not, would not otherwise be able to uh, get into this career. And I'm hoping to hear over the next several years these wonderful success stories of people who came from this area of the you know, the ideas of saying, hey, we'll, we'll make something happen for you. You're here in the Bay Area. There's all this money, all this innovation down in the south part of the Bay, but over in East Bay, which is where I, I think you are, is going to be an area that I think could improve uh, and, ha and has improved a lot due to the work that you're doing. Um, wow, what, what a privilege to have a chance to spend 45 minutes with you and, and the opportunity to yeah. uh, have you share your ideas, your thoughts, and your contributions. Well, thanks for having me. Well, you're most welcome. And uh, for our listeners, thank you very much. I hope you found this of value. As always, if you like our podcast, please go ahead and subscribe and share it with others. We think that good ideas should be shared and help others gain the insight and knowledge that you've gained from our program. Ross, Mark, thank you again. And until next time, this is CISO Tradecraft.